I got to be honest. I have been falling deeper in love lately with the music of not just the Ventures, but everybody who did any sort of instrumental surf adjacent music from the early 60s. I can't help it. Like, I could put that on and listen to it all damn day. Have you been having nightmares that people are chasing you? Because it seems like we've just been playing a ton of intro songs where yeah. it sounds like someone is chasing somebody else. With a laser gun. Yeah. It's probably, pew, the, pew, pew. probably the pod people, right? <laughs> I mean, they seem important to run That's from. That's true. Good point. Good Episode point. 183 of The Brian Oak Show. His name is Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. And here we are recording in the Smart Start MN studios. Before we go any further, let's say thank you to Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They're the ones who can get you back on the road. Should you have that <clears throat> unfortunate DUI, don't. But if you do, they're the ones who are going to get you back on the road sooner and for less money than you might otherwise expect. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the Ignition Interlock. Plus, Ed and Mike are giant music fans. There's no guilt involved. They're just there to help you, and they've been helping us since we started this, oh my God, almost 200 episodes ago. I mean, we're getting really close, man. Yeah, if you need a good shaming, don't go there. But, no. You know, a lot of other friends will give you a good shaming. Oh. Or your spouse. I was just saying, talk to your spouse, your talk mom. to your mom and dad. Yeah. You know, we're wow, not Brian. we're not mad. Wow. We're just disappointed. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, it is the Brian Oak Show, episode one eighty three. Sorry about that. It's been a long week. I've been out at the state fair now three times already. One more time tomorrow. Have you been to the state fair yet? Nope, I'm not going. Why? I just don't. You don't like Prano pups? I'm not a huge fan of it anyway. But then with the whole we're not going to vaccinate and do all that stuff and yeah. require masks, I no. just was like, nope. I. I haven't seen the Gear Daddies for years. I've wanted to see them, but I mm-hmm. just keep forgetting to buy tickets, and then they're sold out. So I was like, well, maybe I'll go out there. And I'm like, nope, I'm just not going to sit next to some tool well, with a, without a mask. I, so I've been out there for three days so yeah. far. Luckily, I get to walk right to the booth, hide in an air-conditioned booth away from the people, because I feel the same way. The I think, I, away from the peasants. No, no, no. Away from the dangerous, non-vaxxed, unmasked idiots out there. Because there are a lot of them, and so, but what's weird is you're not alone in your approach, right? So I was out there last time on Wednesday morning, just a couple days ago, and got there at nine-ish, and it was gorgeous. It was like 72 degrees and sunny. It was perfect, and I shared pictures on my social media. It was a ghost town. Now, it filled up later on. Now, I know kids are back in school. I know it's the middle of the week. Trust me, I've been out there at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday before where it's already packed to capacity, especially on a gorgeous day like that. So it was conspicuous. Now, it did fill up as the day went on, but it was was really conspicuous. So you're not alone in your decision to not be part of the next super spreader event in the upper Midwest. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's fine. I always seem to end up going there every year but this year will be an exception well and there's a reason for that last year there was nothing there and this year i don't think we're quite there yet right and so like i I work at a radio station and we have a big concert coming up a week from this particular weekend even the basilica of saint mary's downtown minneapolis has decided to institute protocols you're not allowed into this year's basilica block party without proof of vaccination or proof of a negative covid test within the previous 72 hours And this year your catholic card not good enough. Not good enough. I grew up Catholic. Look, man, I was confirmed. I went to CCD. I took the catechism. Did you get the Catholic card? Because I know people that actually carry around their Catholic card. I, I didn't get a Catholic card. Yeah, it's, it's, but I did fill it's out kind those of VIP type of thing. workbooks. You get a tithe. 
Oh, you want to do Stations of the Cross? Who wants to go? Head to head. Who's ready? Stations of the Cross, bro. <laughs> Let's you and me. Mono y mano. Touchdown <clears throat> Jesus. That's my favorite station. Touchdown <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it is uh, the Brian Oak Show, and we've got a really cool guest today, a woman who I have not seen. Oh, my God. It's been more than 20 years, hasn't it, Barbara? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk more in just a little bit. Um... Barbara Cohen is a great singer-songwriter. Now, I knew about the band Farm Accident. I knew about the band Little Lizard. But I really fell in love with the nature of what she created when she collaborated with Paul Robb of Information Society to do something called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon back around 1997, I think, was the first time that it evolved, right? It basically started in, like, probably late 1995, 96. But, yeah, it came out basically 96 97 and so. i can't wait to ask you because i only found out today even though i remember when i worked back at 93.7 the edge you and uh, paul came in i didn't find out until today doing a little digging around that you two were classmates you grew yeah. up together you yeah. knew each other long before either of you were pro musicians yeah irondale high school i i went to coon rapids oh you did I did. Oh, we were neighbors. Exactly. Yeah, Irondale, for real? Yeah, for real. Oh, we have so much to talk about. We were both in the marching band, I might add. We have so much to <laughs> wow. talk about. We are coming back, and we're hitting all of that. All right. But first, I don't like to get too far into the show without hearing a little music. So you did more than one release, but this debut self-titled release, you know, you didn't invent trip hop, but what you did do was add this truly exotic travelogue mold to trip hop that to me in in the intervening years low those many years ago in the intervening years one of my favorite edm bands trip hop bands atmospheric bands is thievery corporation Mm -hmm. and they've made a point of going all over the world with their music and making different themed albums i feel like you guys got there first i love this record so very much Mm -hmm. so before we talk to barbara here she is with paul robb brother son sister moon going back to 1997 a song called bangkok on the brian oak show to 
I love that record so much. It came out in March of 1997 when I still worked at a little station called Rev 105. Then I got fired. Uh, but, well, I didn't really get fired. The owner of the station sold it to our massive corporate Disney-owned competitors, and I jumped ship, for which many people called me a Judas. I'm like, no, Judas got his pieces of silver. I didn't mm. get paid dick. All That's right, exactly if I'm honest, right? right? Yep. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support, Sean. Um, but I did do a Sunday night show called Under the Edge because the station was called The Edge. And I got to play all this independent and local stuff. And one of them was Brother, Son, Sister Moon. And I really deeply fell in love with that record throughout that entire summer. Really loved that record. And we're lucky enough to have Barbara Cohn with us. Before we continue our conversation, actually, no, we'll hit a sponsor in a minute because you... You've kind of blown my mind a little bit here. You and Paul Robb went to Irondale together. Yep, yep. So you, Barbara Cohn, and Paul Robb of Information Society both went to Irondale. See, what, what's important <laughs> to me about that, growing up in Coon Rapids, it gives hope to the regular, everyday, normal nerds. They're like, wait a minute, I love music, and I know how to create music, and I have a belief and if I work hard, and if the cards fall the right way or the dominoes fall the right way, I could actually do music for a living. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's living the dream. Well, I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, it's it's never it, yes. We're n- yes none of us and are, no oh. emphasis on no, but well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, none of us are living in mansions, but we're also not sitting in a cube filling out TPS reports, are we? Mm. I mean, I'm just saying. You said you and Paul were both in marching band. What did you play in marching band? I played the typical girl instrument, which is the flute and the piccolo. But uh, I thought the French horn was a typical girl instrument. It? I mean, that would have been a cool instrument to play. I yeah. don't know. I mean, flute seems pretty cool, though. Flute was great. And uh, when's I, the last time you touched a flute? But you know, it's well. I was scoring a film. I had to play a bunch of like ethnic flutes, but the actual you know Western the flute, flute. Western version one. Um, it's been a while. Mine needs some upkeep. What kind of flutes were you playing? Uh, I was playing some um, Native American flutes or Got you. Native flutes okay. and then um, also some flutes from India actually, All right. for two different projects. See, I'm looking forward to finding out because I haven't seen you in 20 years and I know during that time that you've grown and done some of the most important work of your adult life. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. What did Paul Robb play in marching band? He played the saxophone. Oh. I know. Very Kenny G. He had the Kenny G hair too. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Well, look, man, it was the 80s, right? I mean, we're not going to judge anybody too hard, right? No, no, no. He was good. He was very good at it. Well, and he remained good at everything he touched since then. Before we continue our conversation with Barbara Cohen, we do have to mention that this podcast is sponsored in part by Forgotten Star Brewing in Fridley, Minnesota, right? It is indeed. So if you're not... Why'd you give me that panicked look? You scared me right (laughs) there. If you're not in New Brighton and you're not in Coon Rapids, you might be in Fridley. Okay, it's oh. possible, Even, but even if you're close to the city, you scared me right there. <laughs> Why? I just I had that look? No, your eyes went big like I said something terribly wrong. No, not like at I all. Just That's said, just what I... Fuck those guys. Every once in a while, I just do that. I just, my <laughs> eyes pop wide open, okay. and I get right. scared. I get I'm, scared I'm, of what's okay. happening. Right here. Oh. Okay. Eyes up right. here, buddy. Eyes up here. All right, I'm okay. Forgotten I'm Star Brewing. Place. They're committed to the beers they make. They, they are. are dog-friendly, indoor and out. Yep. They've got an incredible space there in Fridley, right on the border of Minneapolis. It's not that far away. Indoor and out right by the railroad tracks, and you and I are going to be there for the kickoff of their big Oktoberfest, which ironically starts in the middle of September. 
Yes, and well, the, the, that Friday the 17th, it'll be going on there. And I think, uh, let's see, who's going to be there? Jeremy Messersmith will be there. That oh, day. they got a great lineup. I didn't yeah. even bring it up right yeah, here. Yeah, for no, sure. That whole let's weekend they've got that. a great lineup. And they are going to, uh, we, you and I are going to be out there on the Saturday for a long time. Yeah, right? we will, from 3 o'clock till 9 o'clock. And so there'll be a time in there where we will have to do our meditation that we typically do on Saturdays at 5. We are going to break in during that time. I don't know what you're of, talking about Well, we right do our now. meditation every Saturday. Who's we? You and me nope well that's not you no that's okay. not me well, no okay we'll I, be I, out there I, to, sean, to shake like hands and sign autographs <clears throat> sean, sean we have been friends for a very long time <clears throat> i will never wear yoga pants in the same room as you i think that you're you're underestimating your yoga Oof. pants wearing Oof. oh ability. no oh no i'm not worried about how i look oh it's me <laughs> yeah no oh, okay that's cool and also there are some things that shouldn't be shared there are certain secrets that should be kept. Let's keep them secret. ForgottenStarBrewing.com. I was just waiting for you to pull up the band I list. couldn't yeah. get there because it wants me to sign on to a bunch of things that oh, I couldn't yes. do. So, sorry, bro. But great bands. Go look it up at ForgottenStarBrewing.com. They have the list of bands there. You can look at their Facebook page, and they've got it there as well. It's telling me there's an error loading event, so I can't get there right now. If I had but- a nickel. Good events all weekend long, and we're going to be there. So please do make plans to join us as we kick off Oktoberfest, and we're going to be out there on Saturday, September 18th, and you and I will be there all evening long from 3 to whatever. 3 to 9-ish. Okay. We'll see how it goes. That sounds good. Barbara Cohen, uh, thank you for coming and being part of the chaos of our treehouse here in the Smart Start studio. So you grow up in... Where is Irondale? What city is that in? It's in New Brighton. It is New Brighton. Yeah. All right, so you grow up, you're in band, you're doing the thing. At some point, though, you realize that, yes, you may end up doing other things to pay the bills, but music is going to be a part of your life indefinitely. Yeah. Do you know when that moment happened? Um. Yeah, it seemed to happen after I got kicked out of art school. Oof. And then I... Um, Why'd you get kicked out of art uh, school? It's such a long story. I'm not going to go there. But um, then uh, I came back to Minnesota, and um, I spent some time with In the Heart of the Beast Puppet and Mask Theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. And I built puppets and wrote some shows. Oh, cool. And moved puppets around. Um, and some of them are the little puppets, but the giant puppets yeah, are so captivating. Yeah. yeah. You know, we'd go up um, to northern. We'd go to all these. We'd do these residencies with communities, and we'd come up with a story for the town and then we'd build this whole, you know, pageant with puppets. And it was, it was super fun. Like, but at the time, right around then I started veering into music and in a much more committed way. And I started a band with um, Paul Chamberlain called Farm Accident. Yeah. And, uh, which by the way, I just want to say for the record, I, as much as I enjoy the band, yeah, pretty dark ass name, Barbara. Right? I mean, it's seriously. <laughs> but but, I, but I, I feel like that's important. Like, I don't feel like you're a goth. I don't feel like you're in a Scandinavian black metal band that burns stave churches. <laughs> Although you might have been. I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to find that out. But Farm uh, Accident is, is extremely upper Midwest yeah. and also extremely dark. And I feel yeah. like there has been... Again, I almost hate to say this because I don't feel like you're that kind of person, but there is a thread of darkness or there is a darkness that informs much of what you've created. Is that fair? Yeah, no, it's totally fair. And I mean, uh, Paul was the king of writing murder ballads. Like he just, you know, just kind of come up with those right and left. (laughs) 
do you remember the show that we had Paul Charchin on and yes, I brought I up murder ballads? Yeah, He's do. like, you say murder ballads like it's a, it's a thing. And I'm like, murder ballads are absolutely a thing. Are they not, Barbara? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I was, a whole genre. I was treated like I had just invented something. Okay, no. no murder ballads precede all of our lives here. They've existed. Yep. They're part of Americana. They yep. are part of Roots music. They've existed for yeah. as long as people have been writing music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it's good storytelling. Right? I mean, it is dark and it's harrowing and it can be real gut wrenching. But even to this day, there are a handful of people who are very good. Jack White, I yeah. count among that oh, sure. list. Yeah. Carolina Drama is one of my favorite murder ballads of the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's a it's a whole a whole thing. I mean, folk music in general is usually pretty dark. Agreed. I have to, you know, it's it's stories of people's lives and. God, after what we've just been through for the last uh, <sighs> year and a half with the plague, and then uh-huh. prior to that with the uh, the hellscape that was running uh, DC, I um, you know, what's what's lighthearted about any of that? You know, nothing, <laughs> absolutely not. now. But again, we yeah. have to maintain hope. But I always, you know, I always yep. have this thing about social media, right? Where I wasn't afraid to explore the darker things that were bubbling up in my brain. Yeah. But as soon as you sh- as soon as you share that, you know, you get these personal message like hey man we're pretty worried about you are you okay right like no no it's okay to explore the darkness without thinking that i'm falling off a cliff right yeah. and so when you write songs like that and like you just you perfectly explained the last few years have not exactly been a ray of sunshine so of course <laughs> that's where that comes from so farm accident and then you go from farm accident to little lizard yeah what's that transition like um that was it was kind of scary because i was super used to playing with uh, the guys in Farm Accident, which was Paul Chamberlain, Pete Matheson, Bob Hughes, and Gregory Traxler. And we would, you know, we'd been together for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started uh, Little Lizard with Jacqueline Alton. So, and we, um, the first, uh, the first set we did was at, remember the 400 Club? Uh, Oh, yeah. Very well. Yeah. West Bank. Yeah. Yeah. And we we were there before it had been transitioned into a bigger version. And is it even, it's not there anymore. It's gone. It's It's completely gone. Uh, But no, it used to be, I remember the old days, it used to be just that skinny little side Uh before they expanded into the the building next door. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember me and Jacqueline up on that stage playing the first show of our lives together as that band. And I just looked at my feet for like, Probably seven songs. Uh-huh. And then I finally looked up, and people were still in the room. They didn't and leave. Like, and then I was like, oh, okay, this this is good. <laughs> All right, we can do this, you know. So, um, right. yeah. And um, then Jeremy Yulvesecker joined that band, and uh, Mark Anderson. Um, and we just did all this kind of groovy, weirdo folk music. See, now that's new information to me. Like, <clears throat> Jeremy has played with, I don't know, 500 local yeah, outfits crazy, and artists. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody. I didn't realize that he went back that far and was part of Little Lizard. I never knew that before. Yeah, yeah. He was he was just a child when he joined the band. I think it right. was like like 18 or 19. He still looks ridiculously young, I know. but I mean, I know. but I, I that see that's <laughs> new. I did not know he was part of Little Lizard. Yeah, and he um he was playing bass or fretless bass even and then Mark was doing all the crazy percussion and uh Right. Yeah, we just tucked in, and that got really dark, too. I mean, that, sorry, everybody, this is going to be the theme of the day. Hey, um, look, I'm cool with really dark. I got, yeah. I'm not afraid at all. So. All right, well, good. I, I'll try not to scare you. But, uh, yeah, so, and we just explored a lot of different ideas with that, like, uh, little ensemble, and it, it just had this beautiful, rich sound, partially because of Jacqueline's cello and um, 
and it was like everything was open to explore. So it was it was really freeing. It's a really fun band. So let me ask you this: moving from Farm Accident to Little Lizard, you know, artists evolve and they change, right? right? And obviously, you're not sitting down like a corporation. Like this is our mission statement. <laughs> Even though there may be a thread of darkness that runs through all of it, in your head. What was the mission statement? What changed from the mission statement from Farm Accident? What did you want to do? Like, you're like, all right, I'm moving on to something new. I've got a new opportunity. This is a chance to maybe try out some other things. Was there a, a noted change in your personal mission statement between the two bands? Um, I think mostly it was just I. Um, Farm Accident was more of a collective, like almost a co-op. Right. And everybody contributed songs and everybody sang. And it was it was you know, very uh, bluegrass model. Uh, what's right? Bluegrass model. So, um, you know, bluegrass where the solos happen. Like everyone takes a solo, right. and everyone. So it had that kind of vibe to it. It was a very energetic, fun party band. Um, even though there were a lot of murder ballads, but still, <laughs> still a lot of fun. Who says that can't be fun? What? Yeah. Who says that can't be what fun? What is she talking about? <laughs> I think a little lizard was more. Uh, I just wanted to explore. A different side of my writing and um and really kind of fill in some other uh spaces creatively um that you know i wasn't doing with farm accident so when farm accident broke up we um <clears throat> you know i just wanted to see what it would be like to play with jack and jacqueline and yeah and i i did go into some pretty intense songwriting exploration for myself that i don't it wouldn't have fit the modality of farm accident it just wouldn't have. It wouldn't have worked. So. Well, it's time to grow, right? I mean, yeah. like musicians have to have the freedom, and sometimes your fans come with, and other times they rebel. Yeah. But if, I mean, you're clearly an artist. You've never stopped creating. You've never stopped growing. You've never stopped challenging yourselves or throwing yourself at new projects. And I think that any artist, whether or not they're making any money, whether or not they become a household name, you don't really get a choice, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like, it drives you, doesn't it? It, it I mean, it does. I know that's such a cliche, but... Um, I don't think it is. I think I think it's real. That's yeah. why it's a cliche. I mean, that's the thing about cliches. They are real. Um, right. No, it really has. I've I've tried to leave music many times because there's a hell of a uh, easier ways I could go about my <laughs> life and make money. Uh, but this is the thing that I keep coming back to. And I get wildly depressed as soon as I stop doing music. And I've tried. Right. And I just become like... A person who's in the fetal position somewhere yeah. in a corner and so i've i just kind of have given up on trying to give up on it <laughs> good well I, and I think the world's better for it so i want to talk about you pulling up stakes moving to la and what the last 20 years have looked like because yeah. i haven't seen you in so long and you've had a really rich interesting life in los angeles but before we do that i hate moving too far forward without hearing a song on the show okay we're gonna hear a song of yours tell me what song we're gonna hear first um well, I think, actually, I was going to do Parkland, but I think that needs a, more of a setup. And we'll do that after we talk about you being in L.A., yeah? So, yeah, so let's um let's do, let's actually do Let It Out. This is something I just, I wrote a while ago, but I've been um, writing, um, I'm, I'm coming back to focusing more on songwriting again mm -hmm. uh, in tandem with scoring. Um, and this is a song about just kind of releasing yourself and letting yourself be out in the world it feels very um right for the time of covid and just sort of getting out of that room we've all been in for a year and a half pacing the floor and um mm -hmm. jeremy yulvisacker's playing a uh, super groovy spacey guitar on it this is more in a demo uh version of a mix in fact i just finished the mix for you this morning so god knows what we're gonna listen wow. to 
That's actually really awesome. We're Thank you. Hope. See, but I, li- I like this. Like this, <laughs> it, it's but to me, it's important, right? I mean, you want to have a finished product. You want to impress the world. You want to knock people over. But also, to me, the whole reason that we talk to musicians, that we talk to entrepreneurs, that we talk to the people that make this community up, the, the process is an important part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad this isn't a completely finished mix, and it's something that you finished this morning we're i'm just, kind of excited we're actually. just workshopping right yeah, now just workshopping this is, this is workshopping this song uh <laughs> yeah, right. featuring jeremy yulvisecker on guitar and me on five thousand vocals so and mandolin ta-da
Barbara, are you every oh. are you every voice on that track? Yeah. Wow. How Your tonality tra- is unbelievable. It's so good. It really is. It's it's so good. And you've maintained that vocal ability across decades, whereas I can barely croak out the words to get through another podcast. Oh, you <laughs> remain a you remain an incredible vocalist. Um, I mean, h- roughly how many vocal tracks are we talking about there? Vaguely, uh, even. You don't need to give me an exact number. I think there is. I think when the full choir comes in, it's probably at least four parts, and then they're all doubled. Yeah. Wow. And then there's like that descanty high yeah, yeah, yeah. weirdo thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. And so tell me, before we mention another sponsor, tell me a little bit more about that song. I know you work with Jeremy. I, it's obviously beautiful, atmospheric. And as much of your recent or the most recent work you've done and what you're doing in L.A., it speaks to sort of the, the cinematic uh, mm. sort of thing that you approach. And it, it obviously is informed by that at the very least. What is that song about right there? Um, I think when I was writing it, I was making yet another promise to myself to actually listen to myself and hold myself to honor to honor what I wanted. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just voice cracked like a thirteen year old boy. Um, uh, well, because uh, that no, but that that makes it sound <laughs> that makes it sound pretty real. Yeah. As a guy who cries at least once a day, I appreciate a good right. voice crack. All right, yeah, that no, it was I just uh, had been letting myself down a lot, and uh, it was a song to just sort of hold myself and and uh, you know honor honor what I really want to do, and also. L- release it like just go for it and stop holding holding yourself back it's freaking gorgeous when when does the public get a crack at that other than hearing it here on the oak show i'm i need to still add bass and guitar or, or a bass and um uh, drums do you do i i don't know maybe i don't maybe not I, the drums entirely yeah. entirely it's up to so, you it's so well it was done. freaking gorgeous yeah. okay. it was yeah. i mean i got lost in it which huh. i don't i mean i'm not saying it because you're sitting here I just I decided not to talk to you during the break, which I usually end up talking to yeah. our guests during the break, and just keep the headphones on tight and listen. And I got lost in it. It was freaking gorgeous. So here's what it did. I loved it that you made it about yourself and that it was it was more introspective. But what 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 it said to me was so I have a daughter who suffers from anxiety and depression. She's pretty mm-hmm. open about it. Same. But it reminded me of the fact that sometimes our job is not to solve; it's right. just to comfort. And my daughter coming home from college and just laying her head on my shoulder and heave crying. Sometimes you just need to shut up as a parent Mm -hmm. and just listen. And I love that you said at near the end, I'll just, I promise I'll just listen this time. Instead of like, there's parents that just, you want to jump in and solve. And it's like, just be comforted and be here. And I'm here for you and let it out. I just, that's was my perception. So it's always interesting from an artist's perception, like what you're trying to push out there are, but it's always up to interpretation. But right? it's essentially the same thing. Yeah, because that's it's it's a uh, either self love or trying to love somebody else yeah. and just let them be who they are and let them love yeah. you and be loved. I yeah. mean, that's the other thing that can be so hard is just like I, I'm going to let somebody else love me. Yeah, you know? yeah, and also just that I had this imagery of sleeping and like so you're in this room and you know when the 
moon is shining through the um, trees, mm-hmm. and then that causes all those beautiful shadow yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. things on the walls, mm. uh, the leaves. Just that idea of being in your room at night or with someone you love or with your child mm-hmm. and just sort of comf- trying to comfort everyone and just, like, notice how the moon is so beautiful. Oh. And, yeah. So. Well, neither Sean nor I are qualified to tell you whether or not to put drum or bass or any, <laughs> exactly. a, anything else just you'd opinion, like in there. Just but I'll let you know that you won both of us over yes, with even did. that rough mix of that yes, right there. Right. It was gorgeous. freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you. Barbara Cohen is our guest. And before we continue our conversation and find about what it's like, you know, to live and die in L.A., <laughs> we are going to check in with Sean real quick here because Sean's also a sponsor of the show. Sean is a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location, and what I just heard Sean say was that during the most difficult parts of buying or selling a home, he will let you rest your head on his shoulder and he'll let you know that it's going to be okay. Only with permission. And there are times in buying or selling that it's very stressful. I do actually say to my clients up front, I know we were having some fun there, but I actually do say to them up front, Oh no! there's a couple of things that are going to happen. Please don't. No, it's a good thing. Is it? I say the one thing is... I'm very nervous. I say this is going to be stressful. Okay. Number two, I'm going to care about you through this process. Uh-oh. And number three, we're going to have some fun. So there wasn't anything dark in there. But I just it tell people that. It wasn't dark, I say, but also I say, it's really wildly open to interpretation. But, I, but then I say to them, I said, my job is to mitigate stress through this process. All right, that part sounds good. Yeah. So if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, I am a research nerd, and I'd love to help you find a home or help sell your home. And remember, a portion of every sale goes to... Uh, a local artist or musician, like right. our friend Barbara here. So yep. you get to pick them. Um, and my friend Martha just picked the suburbs, actually. Chan uh, apparently is having some uh, health issues health issues yeah. right now. And so she said, you know what? I'm going to donate to the suburbs. And the cool thing was they have a, a patron uh, situation over there. So she's now a VIP patron just because she did a buy and sell with, with me at Edina Realty. So 612 612- Eight five nine two five nine four. That number is also textable. Crying on the shoulder with permission only. <laughs> you know what? I think we should just take that right off the table. Let's just take it off. Maybe take a, it off the table. Maybe a, a gentle hand holding, and I think we should probably leave it there in this day and age. Speaking of Patreon, there is a Patreon account for the Brian Oak Show. There is Patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show, all one word. That's O A K E. Now here's the deal. Uh we don't have anything on the books yet, but, but coming I'm, up. I have a top secret idea that we're going to talk about. Okay, let's not do. Let's we won't do it right now. We won't. We we won't. Secret say idea A. Okay. (laughs) What do you? You got something good? Oat Bay. Okay, knock it off. What? Oat Bay. Actually, I met someone the other day. Let's stop for right now. Okay. All right. right. The point is this. Patreon members will, at least once every couple of months, get invited to special private events featuring local musicians. We pay them. We do not ask anyone to do anything for free because guess what? I don't know if you've heard, art has value, right? And so even if it's a minor event, even though they'd probably be willing to, it it, it feels it makes me feel dirty when musicians are me like, too. yeah, I'll just show up with all my gear and pour my heart and soul out onto the floor it's for no reason. And Su- super good promotional oh, value on this one. Garbage. Barbara. So anyway, <laughs> if you want to be a Patreon member, patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show, and you can learn more there. But we will have another event coming up in the not-too-distant future. And between Sean and I getting very excited, sounds like it's going to be electric. Electric dynamite. 
could be amazing. We'll talk later. Barbara Cohen is our guest right now. So, Barbara, <laughs> at some point, you've had success here. You have become a singer-songwriter. You are a musician and a crafter and a creator, and you are... It sounds corny to say, but living the dream, right? I mean, you're closer to it than a lot of people are because you're doing music for a living. And at some point, you're like, you know what? I'm going to Los Angeles, and I'm doing this for real. When, how did that happen? Um, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, Paul and I put together uh, a bunch of songs in his basement studio. I'm, my voice is cracking a lot right now, so I don't it's know time what's change. happening. Yeah, I'm cool with is. that. I mean, well, you've got water. And, yeah, I'm just going to keep talking through it. Sorry, yeah, everybody. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Yep. Look, we're all going to be okay. Apparently, I'm uh, growing some hair on my chest. I didn't realize. That's all right. No yeah. problem. So, you know, we don't judge it. Yep. Barbara, as you get older, your body's going to start changing. <laughs> your your ever-changing body. And you're going to notice your voice cracks and hair yeah. appearing in places you've never it's had it before. It's going to get a little different. And yeah. I, you know, but it's okay. It's natural, oh, Barbara. Thanks. It's totally. natural. You're not thanks, different. I, I feel better. I feel better now. I'm, I'm not going to be pet. Don't go there. scene. Let's... Oh, Lord. As um, we were saying, yeah. you moved to Los Angeles because after you made some songs <laughs> oh, oh. With, with Paul, yeah. and then uh, here comes the change. Yeah, we um, we got signed to Virgin Records in a lot of hullabaloo and craziness. We I think we only played two shows in Minneapolis, and then Virgin Records came out and signed oh. us. And um, well, because it's a killer record, and I can't. I'm, I'm not yeah. surprised that people came sniffing around the record. It's really good. Thank you, thank you, and um. Anyway, uh, they wanted us there, and Paul was game, and I, I was less excited about it, but uh, I, I went out, and um, and then we started this insane odyssey out there of, um, uh, yeah, that was a crazy experience. We went to a lot of wild parties, like exactly everything you've ever seen. On like Hollywood movie. Hills. Yeah, like totally. You're like, there's that person, yeah. there's that person. I, Mick Jagger and uh, Come on. Trent Reznor and, wow. uh, you know, Farrah Fawcett. It was like the weirdest what, collection what, what, of people. Stop, 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 stop. Wait, you both met, you both yeah. met Farrah Fawcett? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I sat next to her. Yeah. What? <laughs> Mine, Where am I right now? Mine was stranger. I was working at the Hilton in Phoenix in okay. high school, and mm. she had her like eleven-year-old and nine-year-old in mm. the hot tub with her, and oh. they, the kids were not wearing bathing suits, so we had oh, to like dear. we had to like go over and say, "Hey, put something on." Yeah, come on, come like, on, like, hippie. Like, this is you, <laughs> come you know, on, hippie. I get it. You have a right to do whatever you want. Yeah, you know where you live, but, not but in here a it's pool. just kind of awkward. So yeah, she huh. was talking about being naked too when we I was sitting next door. A lot so, of I mean, nudity talk. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, God rest her soul. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, anyway. Of course. Yeah. We don't mean to yeah. speak ill of the day, yeah. but you go out to Hollywood. You're, I mean, you know, if you're suddenly getting wined and dined by a label, you're going to go out to parties. You're going to meet the glitterati. Yeah. You're suddenly, I mean, was it was it fun or was it so surreal you couldn't quite settle into it? It was the second yeah. for me. Yeah. I think Paul was easier with it, but <clears throat> I just felt weird all the time. Like, I just felt like I was watching a movie, but I was there, you know? like You I were part of the movie. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I just I just felt so awkward. I felt like totally like what probably every Minnesotan feels like in the Asian. Like, hey, okay. hi there. Yeah, hi, hi. Yeah, I, I'm a musician too. Hi, yeah. how's it going? Hey, Great. just just came down <laughs> oh, from. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went to a high school called Irondale. I did. I was yeah. in the marching band, and uh, I was uh, uh, first chair flautist. Yeah, well, second, but yeah, second anyway, chair flautist. But yeah. Oh, but that who was it in first chair? What was her name? 
Uh, Christy Peterson. That yeah. bitch. <gasps> I, was, I went to school. I went Sorry. to school. Yeah, you take that back, oh Sean. Sorry, you take Christy. that back. She was really Although, good. She was really, um, really good. I went to high school with two Christy Petersons <laughs> oh, yeah, because no Northern Minnesota. Very oh, I absolutely did. Yeah, Christy right. Peterson. Anyway, you're in L.A. You're going to the rock shows. Things are starting to happen. How does life evolve for you in Los Angeles? We, um, well, we made a ton of music. I mean, I made more music in that first couple of years than I've ever written in my life. And so you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you're under, under a contract to a label. Yeah. So are, do you have access to outrageously good studios and producers and places? Are you working in more modest places? What does it look like out there for you? We, we did mostly the way we had done it in Minnesota. Paul had a, a crazy studio with 5,000 bajillion synthesizers all right. in a wall. Mm. So it's like this. Is he a keyboard guy? Well, he no, I was joking. Yeah, nice. I was messing around right there. I, I'm aware. Okay, and uh, he um, so we would just mostly work in his his studio, and we would collaborate the way we've always collaborated. And then I would he'd write songs, or I'd bring songs in, and we'd you know work on them and produce them together. Um, in that time, we did do some. We did do a couple of fa- like one fancy uh fancy recording where we went to Ocean Way and we collaborated with a band called Orbital out oh, yeah. in um, England. And we did, uh, we gave them some ideas that they wrote this song to and then we did our own version of it. And um, Rick Rubin produced it. I'm sorry, was, who? Yeah, right? Wow. I, Rick Rubin. I mean, literally the single biggest American producer of the last 35 yeah. years. Yeah. Huh, okay. So he was in there with his really long beard and... Oh, yeah. Take the, that, on, Christy on Peterson. <laughs> you, yeah. gotta, you gotta let that go, <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry, You gotta let that go. But, yeah, that one... Um, oh, yeah. Sorry, Christy. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I totally sabotaged the um, <laughs> But, yeah, so we did that. It was... Um, that was Fancy Pants. And uh, yeah. we did... We put out a... We put out um, the album we had already put out again and then... I don't know. Virgin Records sort of just, it was like uh, on a black hole when we were there. Our our entire experience was kind of on like the verge of being sucked into a black hole. So eventually we were. And um, we put out another album on our own called Luminous, um, which I really love. And then um, that got licensed to a bunch of stuff. And Bangkok got licensed Mm -hmm. to um, uh, Broke Down Palace, that movie. And then then I just, Paul and I just started uh, kind of, you know, go on our separate ways. And Paul um, went deep into doing, uh, you know, commercial music for uh, mostly commercials, I think. Uh, he's really good at it. I mean, and the guy's a great producer. He's a great writer. He he can write a hook without trying at all. He just sort of burps hooks, you know. In addition Here's to his talent, and again, I'm not asking you to talk out of school, but he's a pretty solid guy, right? Yeah. I've, I've only met him a couple times, yep. but every time I met him, he seemed extremely likable, and I don't get the impression he was kissing my ass. He just seemed like a good yeah. guy. No, he's he is. He's a good guy, and he's he's funny. Yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. Right. So, so he kept doing his thing, and then I kind of, um, I mean, this just happens in L.A. You just go to get sucked into the music industry yeah. and into the entertainment industry. So, at some point, I had. Uh, a bunch of my songs had been placed on film and television, and a music supervisor asked me to start scoring films. Mm-hmm. And um, wow! If you don't mind me stopping you there, because yeah. I, I want to ask about that. So okay. you're you're a songwriter, right? And yeah. you write lyrics, mm-hmm. and you've got ideas, and you write songs. Right. 
I feel like, you know, and again, to me, this is the fascinating stuff, right? Because I've never been able to make music, but I love to learn about it. And I mm-hmm. like the connective tissue. But I also like these interesting, small, but in my opinion, important distinctions between what people do in various aspects of the music industry. Right. Scoring is a different animal, right? right? I mean, scoring requires you to do more than come up with a clever lyric or to come up with a good hook, right? right. Scoring is literally creating a mood and with far more than often more than one instrument. Yeah. I mean, that's a different animal. Yeah. Did you feel as you started moving into scoring, was it a slow baby step transition or did you throw yourself into the deep end of the pool and suddenly you're doing symphonic scores? It, I mean, it was a mix. I, I definitely, uh, I got tapped to score like a feature. I, I did a, I did a smaller film for, um, a really talented director, a guy, Carl Furman, who was from Minnesota and then moved out to L.A. And that um, kind of blew up in uh, San Francisco for this Outfest Film Festival. And he ended up winning like a, a student Oscar or a student, mm. you know, Academy Award. And um, and then I started kind of moving more in that direction. And then, uh, so I'm going to answer your question in two parts. Basically, I got... Somehow I got into the Sundance Film Composer Labs, um, hmm. and that's when it really sort of took off. Like I started. Well, and tell me what that is, real briefly, if you don't mind. I don't yeah, know what that is. I don't mind. Um, Sundance Film Festival does all these really great workshops for either um, screenwriters, directors, and um, composers, and they only take a handful of people every year into these workshops, and it's kind of predicated on your what you've done as an artist. Um, so you don't have to be a film composer, but if you've written interesting music that they think might have some uh, value to to become a film composer, they'll take you in. And uh, Gary Loris did did one a few mm. years ago, um, okay. or you know before I had done one. That uh, guy. Yeah, who is he? Anyway, so um, uh, but we all uh, a bunch of us, six of us, went to uh, uh, Sundance up in the mountains for basically ten days, mm. and you're in a trailer. And you're just writing film score for 10, 12 hours a day. I mean, it's insane. Mm. And there's all these beautiful mountains calling like all day long, like, mm. come hike me, come <laughs> hike me. And you're like, I got to go back in the trailer and write some more music. And uh, I still have to write this piccolo part. Yeah. I still have to write the piccolo uh, you part. You know, the, flute, the flute's not quite there yet. Yeah, so no, um, right. where's Christy? So anyway. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, bring it home. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Right. The callback. Yeah. So nice. beautiful. But it was, it was life-changing. They had all these huge um film composers there to mentor us and uh it was it was a blast and the you know it's uh it's kind of wild partying in the evenings because you're so tired from wait being a in a trailer wait a minute in the <laughs> entertainment industry there's partying in the evenings I know. what barbara i'm not sure that you're sending the right message to today's young people not Sorry. me at yeah. all no i i'm jealous frankly right. i'm gonna well. be honest but yeah, that led into, I came back and I just decided I wanted to, um, I did one more tour of the Midwest, which was hilariously sad, I have to say. It was like, all the shows were booked during homecoming dances and football games. Go on. Literally everywhere, every hometown, everywhere I went, I was like, oh, it's your homecoming t- this weekend. Okay, cool. Right. So I came <laughs> home and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to get a dog and start scoring films. So, and yeah. that's what I did. <laughs> What's the name of the dog? 
he passed away, but uh, oh, sh- he was with me for 14 years. His name is Max. I know, very original. R.I.P. Uh, no, 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 Max. no. There's no judgment there. R.I.P. Right. Max. I was hoping that, that Max was still part of the story, but he was there for a long time. He was amazing. Yeah. But I'm going to... I'm going to cut, actually, to answer your question about the difference between songwriting and scoring. Because it's, it's very different. Well, and, it, but, and to me, that's fascinating. And it seems like not the smallest jump to make. No, it's, it is. The whole thing about film score is if it's repetitive, uh, the audience stops watching the film. Mm. So a song needs to be repetitive so that your listener can grab that hook and then they mm-hmm. sing it and they like it and they, they can always relax during the choruses because they're like, oh, I know this part. Right. And then they pay more attention during the verses because you keep telling the story, right? Uh, the bridge is there to kind of give you a little break from everything you've been hearing. But if you do that sort of repetitive kind of thing in film score, it literally puts your audience to sleep and they stop watching the film. So you have to do a total 180 when you're scoring and you have to keep tell, helping tell the story that's happening on the screen but you have to keep subtly adjusting the music and making it different so it stays fresh and interesting. Hmm. And so the audience keeps also, uh, like, aware, oh, that's new, that's new, I don't know that. And But in a way that they're not even listening. Because, like, if the, the score is really jumping out at you, it's not doing its job. Right. And the score is just like that third character in the film that is helping tell the story, but they're off in a weird subconscious way, you don't really know them. It was like in a recipe, like that that one ingredient that is not overwhelming, right. but is crucial yeah. to what it is you're putting in your mouth. And <laughs> see, now, to me, that's fascinating because I was today today's year old when I realized that that was an important part of it. Like, this is why I like to talk to people who mm-hmm. know what they're doing and who have a skill or a given gift in their craft, I, you know, it, it, that would have never occurred to me the distinction between writing a pop song or a folk song or whatever to what scoring yeah. really means. And how much are they telling you, I mean, compared to the four minute, you know, four minute, 10 second song that we just heard from yeah. you, this is needs to be 38 seconds or it needs to be eight measures and, you know, whatever right. it happens to be. Some like, little tiny moment or like, or quite big. That has to be daunting in a way. <laughs> like, oh my, how do I possibly capture this emotion or three different emotions over 42 seconds? Yeah. I mean, you're right. If it's super short amount of time, like a little button, like a, yeah. like for like a TV comedy, that's like a, yeah, 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 um, yeah. but like if it's in the, <laughs> if, it's in the <laughs> if it's in the film, I mean, you tend to not, I actually, if, if a director just needs like a 10 second thing, I mm-hmm. almost am like, I usually tell him or her, like, you probably don't actually need it or that's yeah. more of a TV kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, like if it, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, yeah, it can be a little intense to um, find the exact right uh, feel, both with the instrumentation and how the, the melody or the theme sort of evolving. But, um, but it's also super fun to do that. Like it's it's like I love puzzles. Like I love solving puzzles, and yeah. I, that's partially why I like music so much. Because every song and every film score is some new thing to like figure out how to make it really great. You know. I know Brian's gonna want to get to a song, but I have to mention this. So, okay. do you think that the person that did the Brady Bunch <laughs> score? Because all they ever did when Bobby was in a bad <laughs> mood or something bad happened, all they do is slow down the theme song so it go to. <laughs> and I'm like, 
like Burger. that's all they would do and he would walk in with his head down and his uh, head down and like, his all you're doing slumped. is slowing down the theme song look yeah. well you know Brady Bunch <laughs> is, yeah. Brady Bunch is different than today's modern okay. thematic that's events. all I was looking for just needed that answer you so you talk about <laughs> loving puzzles uh, big on Sudoku you know I am not my dad though my dad yeah. will do Sudoku literally all day long all day every yeah. day yeah you've worked in so you've spent more than 20 years now in Los Angeles yeah doing scoring work right yeah. obviously I'm still certain that you've written songs in there in fact we've heard one um but you have you know spent all that time television movies I don't know industrials I mean literally yeah. anything right yeah, right and again that's the nature of the business. Whatever pays. Well, welcome to the damn club. Probably a mix, right. a mix of bill You're, pairs and stuff I want to do creatively. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah well, I think that, that's I, everybody. Right? That's yep. entertainment, everybody, right? I mean, yeah. look, you think I like doing this podcast? Sean? Oh, I gotta go. Oh, I'm here because I love it, and I wanted to talk to my friend Barbara Cohen Aww. today. See? Barbara, uh, let's hear about this next nice. song. Now, this next song, you know, again, and I think as again with everybody, right? There are things. Whether or not you enjoy them, whether or not they're bill payers or they're, they're, they satisfy something inside of you, there are passion projects and then there are projects that you're not like, well, this is something I'm good at and I'm going to do this. But then there are passion projects. I get the impression that this next one is something of a passion project. Yeah, it, it, this is a, a interesting project that um, uh, director and producer Perrin Post is putting together and it's called Protest. And it's kind of in two parts. She's going to create a whole musical out of it. And mm. it's um, that's in development. And it's going to be basically focusing on women protesters over um, kind of from the suffragette movement all the way to today. And so we're talking about real life female protesters right. yep. who have made a, a noise or a voice. And I, I know that you said at one point AOC is one of them. Right. Uh, and I imagine that uh, Greta Thunberg's got to be one of them. Yep, she is. Uh, and, and so there's going to be like women who, and I got to be honest, I yeah. like I like smart women. I, you know, they're challenging. I, <laughs> I I really do. I like I always like to feel like I'm uncomfortable around women, which oh. I am anyway. But the smarter and, and 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 more interesting they are, what's that? I have hair on my chest. Does that make you feel better? Well, your body's going through changes. Okay, um, <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. We've, we've all been there. But I mean, th so this is cool. This is a musical that's going to be based around women that literally changed the world. Yeah. So yeah. who did you write a song for or about? So. Um, she had a list of people she wanted uh, to have people think about writing songs for, like Angela Davis or the the people who started the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Um, and um, some of them are already taken. And uh, and then also, uh, I don't know, I was just looking at the list and uh, Emma Gonzalez sort of jumped out at me hmm. with, um, with the idea of writing a, a, a piece of music about Parkland. And so that was the one I picked. Um, and I actually was doing it in the middle of the winter here in the height of COVID when uh, the Capitol was being, you know, um, raided. Mm. And uh, so it was really super cheerful time. <laughs> super happy-go-lucky kind of vibe with this song. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's, it, it, like I said, it, it's not really holding back any punches. But the, the concept of the song or what Perrin wanted on stage was that these women are telling their stories collectively. And at one point we come to Emma Gonzalez and she's standing on the stage. And it's kind of right before she's uh, doing the March for Our Lives um, speech. 
uh, in D.C., mm-hmm. but there's also that flashback to being back at the high school and just after the massacre. And so what Perrin wanted was it almost to feel like a bomb had gone off, mm. and she's standing there alone on the stage with a spotlight. You can't see anybody else. And what I wanted to do with the song, and it does have a cinematic thing in my mind, I wanted it to feel like she's almost talking to herself initially and just trying to get up the nerve and the energy to get up on this stage and talk to all these people and tell them what happened. And so it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And I, so by the time the bridge happens, it's just like, but it takes a while to get there. It's kind of like this slow moving uh, boulder that slowly kind of starts to, you know, really go after it. So anyway, that's that. Thank you. 
Hmm. Oof. <laughs> it's fine. It sounds like a fucking James Bond theme. It was freaking amazing. You know, before we got rolling here, you told me, you gave me a compliment off mic, if you will, about the quality of my voice. Your voice sounds better now than when I remember it from 30 years ago. Oh. It sounds incredible. Thank you. And your songwriting is... Uh, you know what you're doing. You've clearly made the right choice, and you've moved along, <laughs> along the right path. And i got to be honest, given just how chaotic and how effed up the last year and a half has been, but then, like you said, the administration before that, I had kind of forgotten that the Parkland shooting was the single most egregious and deadly shooting, school shooting, yeah. in American history. Yeah. I had forgotten. Like, Columbine, more people were killed at Parkland than were at Columbine. And... It's horrific that we live in a world where that's so frequent that you're like, oh, yeah, that was another one. And that was a real bad one, but it was way down in Florida, whatever the fuck. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's mind-boggling. So I just feel like you captured that really, really well. So that's part of something that's coming up soon, but that's not out yet, right? Yeah, it's not out yet, but there's going to be a concert, um, actually free concert, and it's outside. So COVID's much, you know, COVID's right. safe, as safe as you can get from right. that. Um and that's happening on Monday, uh, September 13th, um, and it's going to showcase all, there's like, I think at least 15 singer-songwriters or 10 singer-songwriters. There's there's a lot of really great songs Yeah, tackling pretty intense subject matter, but Clearly. also also some joyful songs, too. There's a few, I didn't write those, but uh, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> and, uh And the concert's going to be at the Brew House Brew Labs on Monday, September 13th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., um, it should be great. I, there's just a lot of really talented people. You can go to, um, uh, let's see. Oh my God. Sorry. Is that Northeast Minneapolis? Yeah, where is it? Is, it, is, where it, is. it Bauhaus or Brewhouse? Yeah. Oh, it's Bauhaus. I'm it is sorry. Bauhaus. I'm sorry. No problem. Brian. No, no, I'm no, glad no, no, you no. Said that. Well, yeah. because Bauhaus is a very recognizable place. I'm like, I don't know Brewhouse. Oh, I don't even like should beer. Should I but say I, that again? It's fine. We'll just All go right. ahead and fix we'll it in post. Bauhaus It'll be fine. Brew Labs on Monday, September 13th. Beautiful. Well, yeah. and so every not everyone, but like, I mean, most of the people are all the people who collaborated on this are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. this is going to get turned into a musical that we'll be able to go see someday. Yeah. yeah. Good. So I can just sit there and cry for an hour yeah, and a half. Is that cool? Yeah, basically be doing that. Good. Yeah. I almost did it right there. Oh. I mean, well, let's be honest. I'm pretty close. That was gorgeous. Barbara, I am so glad that you came by today. It's wonderful to see your face low these many years later. Um, and to know that you've done it well. I know you came home to be with your family, right? Yeah. And yeah. we'll talk more about that in just one moment before we wrap things up with Barbara okay. Cohen, I do have to mention Palmer's Bar. Uh, Palmer's Bar is the latest sponsor to jump on board with the Brian Oak Show. Palmer's is back open. The West Bank, the West Bank could use your love. Mm. Every single venue that had to survive the last year and a half, some of them didn't make it, but Palmer's did. Our friend Tony and everybody who works there managed to pull through, and they've done a good job, and i got to be honest. So today is, what, Friday, September 3rd? Yep. Tomorrow is Saturday, September 4th, because I know how to read a calendar, because I'm a big boy. Uh, but tomorrow at Palmer's, if you're listening to this this evening on Friday or this afternoon, Dosh, who's been our guest yeah. on this show, one of the most talented multi-instrumentalists, but particularly drummer and looper that I've ever met in my entire life, is headlining there's not really anybody else like Dosh, right? Like, a lot of people are into percussion. A lot of people do the looping thing. 
But Dosh has got this groovy attitude. He seems like a hippie, but with way better music. And um, <laughs> Fat Kid Wednesdays is opening up. And Alan Sparhawk of the band Low, Retribution Gospel Choir, and my favorite side project of his, uh, Black Eyed Snakes, he is going to be opening things up. And that's just one night out on the deck over at Palmer's. So palmersbar.net, they've still got tons of live music happening over there. Please go over and support them because we cannot afford to lose any more important venues, be they for music, food, art, boomerang practice. I don't know what else. We, we can't afford to lose And the old them. 400 bar tried to move to the Mall of America. Ouch. What? And it didn't work out. Can oh, you no. believe it? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it? they tried to open up a Mall of America location, and sadly. What was the uh, the Brady Bunch slow one? Yeah. <laughs> It walking into the <laughs> just head down. That's a really What's good wrong, trumpet. Thank yeah. you. I'm here all week. Yeah, I like it. You're hired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Twenty years composer. in L.A. <laughs> Twenty years in L.A., Barbara. You decide to move back home because your family and it's COVID and the world is changing. But also, one of the good things about the way the world has changed, you can still do what you do professionally. From a remote location. So it's not like yeah. you're you're giving up your lavish L.A. lifestyle, which sounds like it was lovely. It sounds oh, like yeah. parties at the hills, all that kind of good stuff that you did all those many years. You can't do that here, although there are still parties in the hills here. They're just not quite as lavish. Um, but you can still continue to compose, conduct, write things, do things. But you moved home to be with your parents, which yeah. I think is a really... It's a nice move. It's it's what you do, right? If, when you're a decent human being. So let me ask you this, because we do we do. Well, I mean, there are people who don't give a shit. I, I, I'm sorry, yeah. it's true, but you come home to be with your parents during this uncertain age, and I totally get that. But let me ask you this: so yeah. you're largely, mostly, a composer now. But I don't think as big a divide as there is between songwriting and composing. Mm-hmm. I feel like that you let that Venn diagram cross over a little bit, right? Like, I hear your songwriting in your composing when the things we hear like that. So are you going to, provided it's safe and provided that it's acceptable, are you going to be doing shows? I would love to do shows again. Yeah? And that was, uh, I I wanted to be back so I could help my folks be closer to them. I also have some of my best and closest friends here. And, like, I love playing with the musicians here. It's got really deep roots. So, um yeah, when it feels like, you know, we're not going to die, I'm, I'd am i be happy to play live. Oof. Yeah. Well, it was nice of you to come into the Smart Start MN <laughs> studios. I did bleach the living hell out of this place Thank before you. you got here Thank because so I don't want you to die. Yeah, I don't want I, anyone you know to die. I appreciate that. I don't want to die either. Yeah. I just assumed Sean didn't die. Yeah. I do want to die eventually, oh. just not yet. Don't, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not me. Just well, not for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. live forever. <laughs> We've gone too long. We, we have to wrap you, up, We Barbara. didn't give him a chance to warm up there, Barbara. Uh, Sorry about that. No, no. It's... I'm going to learn how to fly. Hi! <laughs> Nothing? Fame? Anybody? The notes, no. That's fine. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I was in a select choral ensemble in high yeah, school. Okay? I bet you were. The spinettes? It was, it was called, it was? no, it was called Vision. Vision? We wore... It's vocal, but it's Vision. We, we, wore, we wore... Voice Vision. Uh, electric fuchsia cummerbunds. You did? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I got you beat. We had, I was in the, um, what is it? The jazz, like, singer, choir oh, thing, yeah. or the pops choir. We had, and it was my fault. I picked this stuff. We had the <laughs> ugliest, like, bodysuits with, like, um, sparkly Body piping. Suit. Yeah, yeah. And nice. a wraparound skirt, like, dance skin. Go you kidding on. me? And it was so horrible. I mean, it was just 
god awful horrible. And you I, know what? I apologize to everyone who was in that pop square and had to suffer that fashion, you know, faux pas. Sick brag, Cohen. Pixar didn't happen. Okay? Sick brag. All right? <laughs> you are wonderful, and I am so glad that you are back in town. Uh, Will you come back and do this again? Yeah, I'd be happy to. This is this is so fun. It's easy, right? I mean, yeah, it's just a matter easy. of sitting down and talking about the good old days and listening to your music. Before we go, i got to thank Sean. I want to thank AudioQuip, who provided us with... Equipment that makes our tree fort slightly better than the average podcast. Because there's a lot of these, well, just be honest, they're not low rent, but maybe medium rent. They just sound like they've got their iPhone between them. That's yeah. precisely what's sometimes. happening. Uh, so thank you to AudioQuip. We couldn't <laughs> do it without them. And now that people are getting back out there, giving more TED Talks, doing more shows, doing more karaoke, uh, please contact our friends at AudioQuip because they've been on board since the beginning, like Smart Start MN. Thanks to Palmer's. We appreciate that. Palmer'sBar.net. And thanks to our friends at Forgotten Star Brewing. We'll be there in just a couple of weeks from tomorrow for the kickoff of Oktoberfest. And you can find out more at ForgottenStarBrewing.com. Um, Barbara, good luck to you, and Thanks. I wish your parents the best, and thank you very much for coming in today. It's great to My see pleasure. you again. Thanks for inviting me. We're going to hear one more song, and this goes back to the second release from Brother, Son, Sister Moon called Luminous. So you've gone out, you've been wined and dined by the glitterati <laughs> of the major labels, right? You've been to the parties in the hills. And then you realize that maybe that's, I mean, again, in the late 90s, like one of my favorite bands, in fact, they're going to be in town next weekend at Basilica Block Party, Spoon. They were signed to Elektra. In 1997, they put out Series of Sneaks on a major label, and it was all going to happen. They could not have been more disillusioned, and they put out their own records on mid-level labels ever since then. So, I mean, what happened that led to the second record? How did you end up putting it out yourself? We, um... We actually decided we wanted out of the label because they were just toying with us. Not doing anything. Big cat with a mouse. And Mm -hmm. um, we were just kind of, you know, sad about it. And so Paul actually, uh, God bless him, organized uh, a way out through a lawyer who, you know, I won't get into all that. But uh, we actually were lucky enough to get out of the deal and get our first record back. So we owned it. Because that's um, pretty rare. Super rare. And then, uh, and then we we made the second album, Luminous. I mean, because we'd been writing our asses off, right? Sorry, I just said asses, but uh, um, anyway. Oh no! Mayor. How did you? How dare you fucking say asses on this <laughs> podcast, hook, Barbara? Hook. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we um we had a bunch of uh, music and we fine tuned it, and then we put this out as Luminous, and um, yeah. I I really love this album. I uh, but I'm gonna once again end on a really dark note. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it doesn't I'll, seem like that's your I'll, style. I'll come back with that. Some, doesn't don't you dare. You are puppy, my sunshine. That's some not puppy, why we puppy no, numbers. That's not why we have you in. <laughs> I don't ever want anybody to be anything other than what they right. are. And true. clearly, yeah. clearly, your heart is black like the devil. <laughs> All right. So, Barbara, thank you very much. All right. Well, we're, no, you, note, know, you know, oh, geez. <laughs> you know, we're just oh, having yeah, no, a little we're just fun. Here in Minnesota. Just a little, having a little fun podcast. on the Brian Oak Show. Ta-ta-ta.